Welcome to the Your Lender Buddy podcast. This podcast is designed to empower real estate professionals with industry knowledge that they need to succeed. Without further ado, I'll pass it on to Jordan Keck for today's episode. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Jordan, Your Lender Buddy. All loan officers go through the same training and sell the same things, so it shouldn't be that hard, right? And why is it so difficult for some loan officers to close on time, do a solid pre-approval, and answer their phone? Why are there so many sale fails? Well, today we'll take a look behind the scenes about what separates the best from the rest and how you can make sure you work with a rock star. There are so many variables at every step of the loan process that a loan officer has to make a decision on. The decision they make and their thinking behind it can create a smooth process or a nightmare. If you listen to our previous podcast episodes, I'm going to encourage you to go back and listen to episode five as well on questions to ask to help prevent sale fails. So similar to that, right now, more so than ever, the market has shifted. And unless you have screened your phone for all lenders in the area, you are likely getting called from 40 different loan officers or more, all desperate for your business who forgot you existed for the last two to three years. But now the refinances have dried up guess who is the pretty girl in class again? With that, though, because of that desperation, most loan officers are going to say and do whatever it takes to get that relationship, to get the deal in the door. And boy, can they be smooth. I'm talking James Bond level smoothness walking in the door, promising you the world, only to have things blow up the first referral you send over. So with all of that, having to screen through so many different lenders, how could you possibly know who's going to be good and who's not until it's already too late? So these questions are questions you can ask your loan officers to find out ahead of time if there are warning signs, if there are red flags you should be aware of before getting into a transaction. Starting off the first one, it's a bit of a misnomer here. Most people like to ask about experience by asking how long have you been in the industry? How long have you been in lending? Now, now at the basis, that can seem like a valid question, and there is some validity to it, but here's why I want you to stop asking that question. Most people understand the idea that the experiences you have in this industry, the number of people that you help, the number of situations you go through are really what build your knowledge base in this industry. Now, you can have those experiences, let's say 100 transactions, And the amount of experience you gain over those 100 transactions doesn't really matter if you've gained that over a 10-year period or a one-year period. And oftentimes, it's better if you have it over a shorter period of time because things change very quickly in this industry. So if you've had 100 transactions, you've had 100 experiences, 100 different situations, and you've learned in a very short time period, that's going to exponentially increase the rate of your learning and experience. So the first question you want to ask is how many loans have you closed in the last calendar year? And the follow-up to that is how many of those were for purchases? One of the top loan officers in the country did over $2 billion last year. That's with a B in personal loan production under his name, had a team of over 20 people. But 85% of that, from what I understand, is refinance. He still did a lot of purchases. Don't get me wrong on this one. But if somebody says that they've done 40 transactions last year and 35 of them are refinanced, that means they've did five purchases for the entire year. 
You may be okay with that, but take that into account when talking to your lender about the level of experience that they have and how many situations they've gone through that they can pull from for their new clients. Follow up on that is, are you available evenings and weekends? One of the things that I always tell my clients and my partners is, I never want anybody to miss an opportunity because of me. And so far, knock on wood, that's held true because I'm available evenings and weekends to send out pre-approval letters. Now, with that, that doesn't necessarily mean that having somebody come to you on a Saturday evening at 8 o'clock wanting to get a pre-approval before offers go in noon on Monday, maybe or maybe not that's realistic, but setting correct expectations and being available for the most part is at least going to get you a swing in the batter's box. Next up, the question to ask, what do you require of new clients before getting them pre-approved? Again, go back to episode five here on preventing sale fails for great questions about clients who have already been pre-approved to check the strength on them. But this is more going to verify what documents you're asking for. Do you require an application? Do they require W-2s? Do they require pay stubs? If there's a variable income, do they require getting additional information on that, a verification of employment or income to verify that? Do they have tax returns? It's surprising the number of times people aren't getting these documents or they break their own rules. So that would be one is, do you ever have exceptions to this? Sometimes those could be valid. But knowing ahead of time and then allowing you to make the decision, is this a red flag for you in your loan officer? Next up, question to ask, what do you talk about in conversations with new clients? The expectations that loan officers set here are one of the major factors that can set up their clients for success or failure. If they're saying that every single client can and should ask for seller credit, and maybe they're getting them pre-approved on the basis that that's true, you want to make sure you want to make sure that you know that and make sure that they're communicating that to you as well. The market that you are in may or may not allow that as just a reality of the market. Sellers may or may not be willing to do that. So if you have a lender, I've seen this a lot over the past two years when the market was crazy, is loan officers would say, oh, it's okay, you can just ask the seller to pay your closing costs, when that just wasn't true. It was very, very difficult to get an offer accepted with that being the case. So setting that expectation up front with your clients was setting them up for failure. The other thing is the communication about the payments versus price and what the ideal or budgeted monthly payment is for those clients. If you've got clients who are budgeting and able to afford a monthly payment of $2,300 a month, but they get pre-approved for a $500,000 house with 5% down, well, those, those two things are different. That payment is not going to be in their ideal range, but do they know that? Do they have expectations around what price range they should be looking at for their ideal payment? Do they know what the payment would be if they went higher? So those are very important things because that also helps you as their realtor be able to identify the accurate price range for them to shop. And then follow up on this one is what is your process for locking in a rate and ordering an appraisal for a new client? See, interest rate locks, there's not one standard protocol for locking in a rate. It's something that the client cannot do themselves. They can't just click a button and lock it, but they can have a conversation with their loan officer or have their loan officer have a conversation with them about how involved the client is in doing that. Some clients like to be very involved. They want to be the ones that make the call. Other times, loan officers say, 
nope, I will make the call for you, or maybe they lock everything up front. Again, not necessarily a right or wrong here, but the expectation and understanding of how that process works is very important for everyone to be on the same page with. Same with ordering an appraisal. Is the appraisal something that is ordered up front by default whenever a new contract comes in? Is that communicated to the agents? Is that paid for by the client or by the loan officer? Is it something where they wait on your permission before negotiations or after negotiations to order? These can all be very important things in the timing of a transaction. Because let's say that negotiations are taking longer, the appraisal is already ordered and done, and the transaction gets canceled because of negotiations, but the appraisal was already done. Well, that's an expense that might not have been there that the client is now stuck with if they had talked to you first. So this communication, this is very important again, and what is that? what does that loan officer talk about in conversation with new clients? Follow-up next question is, what kind of communication can I expect from you, Mr. and Mrs. Loan Officer, and your team before and during a transaction? Part of that is when a new client reaches out, do you immediately get notified? Does your loan officer let you know that the client touched base? Do they give you an expectation about what their options might be? Are they waiting on documents from the client? Are they going to be following up with that client? Once they get pre-approved, are you going to be notified? Are you going to be told what kind of a price range they're looking at, what kind of a down payment they'll have, what their loan type is, and make sure that if there are closing costs that need to be asked for from the seller that you're asking for those? Is the down payment going to be coming from a gift or from borrowed funds that need to be disclosed? Those are all very important things that, again, you want to make sure that you know if those will be communicated to you up front. And similarly, with updates, are you going to be getting a regular update? Is it coming from the loan officer or from their team? Is it going to both agents or just the buyer's agent? Is it going to be email, phone call, text? Is it a regular basis or only on major milestones? Then other questions to follow up on this one is, are you willing or able to check for appraisal waivers when we're writing an offer for well-qualified buyers? Sometimes they're not willing, sometimes they're not able. Gotta ask this stuff ahead of time. And last question here, do you offer consultations for clients who are not ready yet, who have bad credit, or who don't want to submit an application yet? Especially over the last couple of years, this is something that really got under my skin because you had loan officers who were making people feel devalued. They were treating other people as less valuable, less valuable because maybe they didn't have a good credit score, they didn't have down payment or income right now to qualify, and so they just got brushed off, and I saw this over and over and over again. It really made me mad. My philosophy has always been, and granted, people have different philosophies on this, but you treat everybody the same. You never know who you're going to be impacting through that conversation. Every single person we interact with in every aspect of our life is a potential client, friend, referral partner. You have no idea where that relationship can go. And at the moment you start viewing every interaction you have in that sense, that everybody is valuable, it completely changes the dynamic. So not to get on a soapbox, but going back to that one, that's another thing. Again, you can choose for yourself. Is that a red flag if they don't? Or just knowing if they don't, maybe you send only your qualified buyers, but for everybody else who isn't qualified, needs some consultation, needs some help, might want to have a different option for that. 
Again, these are questions I hope you find helpful in being able to sort through loan officers to know, is a loan officer you're working with or thinking about working with going to cut the mustard? Are there going to be red flags? And if you don't like the answers, move on. Just wait five minutes. You'll get a call from a new lender. Reach out to me if you like. You know, I'm going to see if we're a good fit and if there's an opportunity to work together. But there are plenty of opportunities out there for you, for loan officers, for clients to work together. So make sure you're putting yourself in a good spot and your clients in a great spot with the people you associate with and send business. As always, be sure to subscribe for more great content, pass this along to your team, and let's elevate real estate together. This podcast has been brought to you by Jordan Keck, NMLS number 1017341, branch manager at Advantage Mortgage Incorporated, 5955 Shoreview Lane, North Suite 200, Kaiser, Oregon 97303, company NMLS 1770599, equal housing lender. Jordan Keck is licensed in Oregon, Arizona, California, Colorado, Idaho, Montana, Texas, and Washington. Until next time, thanks again for listening.